We're really excited for today's episode to introduce you to a fantastic person in the industry who I worked with many years ago. She takes us on her career journey, which has been quite squiggly and really exciting. And she also talks about how she's now giving back and she's opening doors for young black people in the industry. She's telling us about her lived experience as a black female in the food industry. And it really opened our eyes and I think it will open your eyes too. podcast is sponsored by Damer Ingredients, who provide best-in-class functional ingredients such as starches, proteins, fibres and gums, to name but a few, into food manufacturers across the UK and Ireland. I've worked with Damer on various projects for my own brand and with my clients, and what I love about working with them is their in-depth technical knowledge and their ability to apply that to the specific products that you're actually working on. So they become an extension to your own development team, supporting them with their knowledge from concept through to launch. To find out more, visit www.dama.com. Welcome to the O for Food's Sake podcast, where we unwrap the joys and struggles of working in the food industry so you can thrive in what you do best while sustaining a rewarding and fulfilling career or business. We are your hosts. Lucy Wager, food industry consultant. And Amy Wilkinson, food industry coach. We've worked in the food industry for the last 20 years and we're here to share with you the benefit of our hindsight. Our podcast is for you to find new ways to cope with the daily struggles, but mostly to inspire you to work on what's not working to ultimately improve your career or business long term. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Oh For Food's Sake. Today, I am delighted to welcome Aisha Koyenikan, who is Associate Director at Mintel. And Aisha and I met many years ago now when we were both working at Sainsbury's. And I introduced Aisha to Amy because I said that she would be perfect for a panel that we were doing at Speciality Fine Foods Show. And Aisha and Amy met, and now Amy is. <laughs> I've decided Aisha's my new best friend. We're, We're best friends now. <laughs> yeah, we also thought she would be an excellent guest to have on the podcast. So, welcome, Aisha. This is a wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on, ladies. This is an honor and Aww. a privilege. So, thank Aww. you very much. Oh, feel the love in the room. <laughs> and we really wanted to get you on, Aisha, as well, because I think there's some things that our listeners are going to find really interesting because I know you made a similar transition that I did. So that's mm. part of why I want to be your bestie. Um, <laughs> moving in from MPD into a, a more insight um, kind of roles. Yeah. And also um, about the diversity program that you've put in place or uh, are part of in Mintel. Like I'll just yeah. say before we get started, she's got massive imposter syndrome, thinks that she, you know, she's not placed to talk about this. You absolutely <laughs> placed to talk about this. So I'm just putting yeah. that out there. Thank you, Amy. Always empowering. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so talk so talk to us about how you ended up doing what you're doing and like give us a bit of a career history. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, career history. So I, I guess I will start by saying, you know, when you say somebody is obsessed by food, no, I'm, I'm really obsessed. Happened <laughs> <laughs> at a very young age. Um, my mum used to be a chef. My dad was a chef. He owned Caribbean restaurants. Um, my siblings also did chefing as well. So I just grew up thinking 
I'm going to be a chef. That's what I want to do. And my mum, God love her, she actually dissuaded me and said it's really hard for women. Um, it's hard to get the work-life balance. It's hard to have a family and be mm-hmm. a chef. Um, and also at that time, and maybe still now, it's very male-dominated and it's hard for women to get to the top. Mm-hmm. So I had like a natural aptitude for science as well. And yeah. I remember going off to the careers fair. I couldn't have been more than like 14, too young really to go. Not even the careers fair, the the careers office yeah I remember and I rocked up and I said look I love food and I'm good at science and I want to put those things together and they ran it through their little computer and said oh you should be a food scientist and you should <laughs> I love how they had to put that through a computer <laughs> I mean a little computer gave me a printout sent me home saying this is this is um you know there's a there's a course called food science and these are the universities that do food science and these are the requirements and I literally took that piece of paper and went okay that's what I'm going to do then Brilliant. So that's how I got into food science. Um, and also I have, I speak about my mom, I had a very pushy mother. So by this time she was an environmental health officer. She was a principal environmental health officer. So she used to look after like Brick Lane and all the restaurants there. Oh, wow. and yeah. She also looked after the relationship with Sainsbury's as well. Ah. And that was how I started. Uh, I, she, she basically got me what you'd call an internship at Sainsbury's yeah. in the local authority liaison department and so I was dealing with things like customer complaints that are really I was like 15, 16 I guess um looking at customer complaints but it was really an in for me to see the workings of a retailer and how that worked yeah. and to rub shoulders with technologists and developers and understand wow. how that well worked done mum exactly yeah. Love exactly it. Love pushy mums, and now I'm one myself. And so, <laughs> and so, yeah, that was my in, really, and that went really well. And they called me back during my summer holidays and stuff to do little bits of project Brilliant. work. Oh. It was, you know, database entry and stuff yeah. like that at that point. Yeah. But I was making relationships, I was meeting people, and I was starting to shape what it was I wanted to do. So, yeah, that's how I ended up on the food science route. Um, and gosh, there, there's so many bits that happen along the way, I suppose. Um, when I graduated, so I went to Reading University, big up Reading University, and I did food <laughs> science. And what Reading does, it churns out food scientists, right? Yeah. You don't yeah. really yeah. learn about product development until you get into the industry. Mm-hmm. And so I was working at Katsouris Bacavore. Yeah. Um, great place to cut your teeth, great place to learn. I was a development technologist there. And I realized that I'm walking around with my clipboard, making the rules and making sure everyone's adhering to the rules. and the chefs in the kitchen are having all the fun and doing all the creative bit. And I was like, I'm in the wrong lane. Like I'm a rule breaker. I'm not really a rule maker. And that was when I was like, right, I need to go. I need to change direction a little bit. And that's when I ended up on the grad scheme at Sainsbury's. And that's when I met Lucy. Yeah. Ah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I, I was t- it was so similar for me as well. Food science degree. Like I wanted to be a chef, didn't want to work long hours. Ah, okay. Did a food science degree was a technical graduate at Samworth I was and that like within the first six month placement I was like oh my god I do not want to do this like, yeah, this I'm, is not quite right I'm, yeah, <laughs> I want to be creative exactly like you say so yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah so you then ended up at Sainsbury's in MPD then I ended up so. at Sainsbury's in MPD doing fantastic things like I, I remember I couldn't believe they trusted me with it but like redeveloped the whole pizza fixture and you mm-hmm. know m- moved around lots of different departments and that was such a great place to learn um but then wanted to try new things and also wanted to try and bump up my salary a bit. And so mm-hmm. I went back into manufacturing, much to the 
like my my grandmother was horrified she's like you've got a great job at Sainsbury's that's a job for life like why are you moving mm. I was like you've got to move around man you've got to yeah. you know, you've yeah. got to jump about well, it's a different generation isn't it like yeah. back in the day you stayed in the same job for life but it's not how completely, it is these completely and and th- that kind of links back to the diversity thing as well if I'm honest and I'm not signaling mm-hmm. out any place that I've worked but when I looked around um maybe at my own work level there might be one or two other black people mm-hmm. when I looked up I certainly couldn't really see myself reflected back in the people I was seeing that were at those higher levels yeah and that really puts a, a I don't know it puts a ceiling on your aspirations and so I thought you know let me let me pivot a bit and let me just see how can I work my way up and I went into manufacturing which was a bit of a step up at that time for me in terms of the job I was doing. I went and I worked at Maple Leaf Bakery um, for a while and I was a category development manager there. So I was looking after like um, specialty breads, chipattas and focaccias and stuff. But again, like even, and like I say, not singling out any one place, bakery industry is quite white male dominated. It mm-hmm. was certainly mm-hmm. then. Um, and yeah, just... I guess trying to find those role models that looked like me was quite difficult back then. Um, And then from there, I went on to to Tesco, actually. And I spent like five good years at Tesco as well. Um, But yeah, along, along the way, these feelings of not seeing much representation were kind of bubbling up in me the whole time if I'm honest but I won't complain I've had a good career myself like I've had a good career yeah yeah like it'd be good to understand because you know we are me and Lucy are both white middle class women like we are you know how do you how did that feel like how did you because you, like you say, you still had a successful career, but you know, hmm. it's that, is it that feeling of being different, not having that role model, not thinking, do you think it held you back in your own mind? That, and was it subconscious or was it, did you, did you talk about it to other people? No, certainly didn't talk about it to other people. So I guess the way that has manifested in my career right at the beginning, I can remember, and it's really sad, actually, if I think about it, I can remember feeling like. I had to, because I'm quite a big personality. I'm quite yes. a, you know, a bold person, I suppose you might say. And I remember feeling like I had to make myself smaller somehow. Mm-hmm. I remember feeling like, oh gosh, I've got to try and turn up to work with a more Eurocentric hairstyle. Yeah, I have to wow. dress like everybody else. I have to make myself smaller to fit in, right? And I, and I remember mm-hmm. feeling that right at the beginning of my career and just trying to understand like, how do I need to look and how do I need to be to fit into this Mm -hmm. space which is really sad like looking back on it now Mm, um and to be honest like you asked did it hold me back I'm gonna say no but Mm -hmm. I think a big part of that is the 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 home training I got from home so I credit my mom again with that like she was always very much like you're as good as anybody else although although often as a black person or a black woman you have to work twice as hard just to stand still 
that's yeah, something yeah. that was very much instilled in me from home I'll be honest mm, mm-hmm. but she always made me feel like I was good enough to enter any space right so yeah, th- yeah. there was that and I had that from home but I think so it's almost like the, the reaction she was she, she wasn't just saying you can do whatever you want to be and it's being black isn't going to hold you back she was saying mm. yeah it will you're going to have to work harder yeah. but that doesn't mean you shouldn't go for you it you shouldn't go for it exactly yeah. exactly having that, that, having yeah, that exactly mental that. preparation was probably crucial for you because yeah, yeah, you, entered, yeah. you know, I'm just thinking about people that enter the workplace that haven't had that home support mm-hmm. and mental preparation. It mm-hmm. must be incredibly confronting to then be. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Or even those people that haven't had that push from home to yeah. even think that you could yeah. enter that space. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. And I mean, that will come full circle when we talk about the internship program that I run at the moment, because that was really the impetus for that, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. Um, not everybody has a pushy mum who works in a corporate environment, not every yeah. black person, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes if you can't see it in your own family and you can't see it mm. in your workplace, mm-hmm. you don't dream in that colour, right? Yeah. You just don't, you, yeah. you don't yeah. think that that is for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean... Oh, from the very beginning of my career, I mean, uh, I won't, I won't say the place I work. They're not on my, they're not on my LinkedIn, so you can't find them. But <laughs> right at the beginning of my, uh, my career, I worked for this company, and they were like a food service company, um, quite small at that time, but they had shops, and I worked in the little factory facility, and there was offices above the the factory facility. And I'm young, right? I'm I'm green around the gills, mm-hmm. and it was literally the guys that worked in the kitchen and they were all of um, African descent, uh, like Mm -hmm. French speaking African descent. Mm -hmm. And then upstairs there was like the managing director, the marketing director, the commercial director and me. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there was an executive, there was a chef as well. So everybody's white apart from me and men in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And I remember, and these kitchens were based in East London. And I remember that the chef's bike got stolen from outside the factory facility mm-hmm. and he came inside and just went into this diatribe about he knows his bike was stolen by black people black people are thieves oh. um oh. this that and the next and I'm sat there in this office and I'm sat there looking around going I know any minute now one of these high level directors is going to jump in and say you can't say that and it didn't mm. happen no it didn't happen and when it didn't happen I was like okay, well, I guess it's on me then. So I said something, mm-hmm. right? Good. And it turned into a massive argument. Bear in mind, I was very young at this time. Mm. And I went to the managing director when the dust had settled and I said, "This is what, what just happened? And yeah. his answer was, oh, well, he's a major investor in the company and, you know. <laughs> Oh, my God. And And that was how these things happen, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That was my first overt uh, encounter with racism in the the industry. Unfortunately, it wasn't my last. But Mm. those are the kind of things that have coloured my... (laughs) My career. Yeah. 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 And uh, I guess that gave you a... Would have given you a massive knock. Like, I assume you didn't stay there that long after I did not. (laughs) I got right out of the dodge. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but and and yeah. and it's not always it's not always as overt as that, right? It's not yeah. always as overt. And I think we've gone through a, an era now where everybody's having like diversity training and understanding what a microaggression yeah. is and all these things. Yeah. But I've it, I've had the full scale of that. Like I've had the mic where where you feel othered by. So I've had I've walked into a room 
and often, like many of the spaces I walk into, if I'm going in there to to give a presentation or whatever it may be, I've walked into a room and it's a room full of white people. Mm-hmm. So maybe 40 white people and me, right? Yeah. And I've, I've come in there and I had a man walk over to me. I've just walked into this room. I'm about to deliver something. And he just literally like started fingering my braids. Oh my God. Pulling up my braids and going, you're so, you're so exotic. Like you look so exotic. Exotic. Oh my god. And it was like, wow. And outside of a working environment, I would know what to say, right? I'm not backwards and coming forward, but in a work environment, that's really, really like you you just freeze and you don't know what to say and you don't know what to do and you just feel very othered is the word I would say. Yeah. Um, But it's also it's also it feels yeah, I don't know. I I felt for you then. It's like a violation, yeah, isn't it? It is. Really it's like, is. Yeah, it really it's, is. You don't. You just don't want people, strangers, touching you. You just just no. don't. Why would they do that? No. And so I, yeah. I think it, it's it's so like it's so important to ha- have these conversations because, and I think this is like why is this white privilege? I am always so horrified and shocked when I hear these stories. Mm. Because I cannot believe that there are people that do these things. And it needs to be talked about because those people need to know that it's not acceptable. And mm. the only way, like some, some of it must be ignorance. It must mm. be mm. like ignorance and not an appreciation of understanding. I don't know how that happens, but... Well, I think it's a societal thing, isn't it? It's like, it's, it's, we know what we know in the way that we've been brought up ourselves. And, Mm -hmm, you know, and it, you know, it's like you say, Aisha, like now people have a better understanding of, 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 you know, have diversity training and stuff like that. But, you know, however many years ago that was. Yeah, it wasn't the the way, it wasn't the case. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I went through so many years of going, I, I, could, I won't bore you. I could go through so many stories that are similar, but I won't because mm. that's, not, that's not why I'm here. Um, but I think I've got to the point in my career now where I'm like, okay, you're big enough and ugly enough now to say, to speak out about these things and yeah. to try and see what you can do about them. And the way that manifests for me, I have very, I have very little patience for the, uh, the education side of things. I don't feel like I should be teaching grown adults how to not be. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't have the energy for that. Yeah. The way that shows up for me is I, I feel like I had a mum who opened a door for me and yeah. pushed for me. And I recognize that in my community, in the black community, a lot of young people are really struggling um, with a lot of issues. There's a lot of disparities in terms of, you know, educational attainment it might be standard of living um it might be earning potential things like exclusion rates and involvement with the police and so on and so forth like there's so much and this was really brought to a head for me by the George Floyd incident Mm -hmm. which was at first treated like this in this thing that was happening over in America and I'm like Mm. no 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 Mm. right here that's happening Mm. right here if you look at like the city of London there are people in the young black people in the boroughs all around the city of London who don't feel like they are 
entitled or worthy of a career in the city of London. It's yeah. not seen as somewhere that they even aspire to go. So no, yeah. that's a universal problem, right? So yeah. mm-hmm. I've got to that point in my career now where I'm like, for me, it shows up as I want to empower those young people. I yeah. want to try and open a door for them so they can have a have a glimpse at the corporate world. It mm-hmm. might not be for you, but at least open it up for you so you have an option and you understand what's expected of you in this space and you can make a decision as to whether you want to uh, head for that or not. Before we continue we have something exciting to share with you so take a listen and we'll be right back. Drum roll please because we're thrilled to announce the much-awaited comeback of the MPD Fundamentals course. Yes, so if you missed out last time, don't worry. This is your chance to jump back in and gain the benefit of our experience and hindsight in MPD and innovation. Imagine having a course that guides you through every stage of the new product development process from the spark of an idea to a fully fledged product on the shelves. We dive deep into the stage gate process, which is a proven method used by industry leaders across the UK. But here's the best part. We're not overwhelming you. We know how busy you are. This course is designed in bite-sized chunks, making it easy for you to digest and put everything into practice. And by the end of the journey, you'll have all the tools to take your ideas and turn them into successful products. And it's not just about the technical stuff. We also focus on the essential soft skills that make a real difference and help you with the implementation of the process too. But there's also more. You'll have the chance to apply what you've learned in your real life role and make sure that newfound knowledge sticks. And then you have the opportunity to come to our live regular Q&As that mean that you can ask us any questions that you want about the process. So whether you're a food startup, you're a product developer or you're in another supporting role within the food development space, this course is tailored just for you. And time's ticking. The doors will be closing soon, so seize this opportunity before it's gone. Join us as we reintroduce the MPD Fundamentals course by clicking the link to join. Yeah. And they can see yeah. a role model that, as like that you you couldn't see. You were saying before in your earlier career. Yeah, yeah. You're allowing them to see you and what you've done if they haven't got anyone close to them that they can look at to that yeah and like you saying that Lucy it sounds almost narcissistic but it's not that no. it's like literally yeah. no yeah. no but you know it could it could be but it's literally I guess there's so much more I want to do in my own career but okay I've got to this place now um whereby yeah I do want younger people to see I look like you, I speak like mm. you, I come from the same background mm. as you. I grew up in a single parent household. Um and I'm here. Not that here is like the best place in the world, but I'm I'm here. Hey, I'm, just I'm, own it. You it is. I mean? You've done really well. Just own <laughs> it. <laughs> oh god, that's like that's like a red rag to Amy, isn't it? Right, no, but I, <laughs> um, I'm here and I'm and I'm happy to be here. And I do want to make sure that I'm using whatever platform I have to speak about this issue of inclusion for young black people and make sure that with whatever little influence I have, I'm holding that door open. And so at Mintel, where I work now, we have this summer internship program that I started. I'm so grateful to them for letting me do this. 
And we've just finished the second year of it now where we've taken three young people every year who are involved. They come to us via these two charity partners that we have. Mm -hmm. One is called Voyage Youth and the other one is called Urban Synergy. And they work with young uh, young people, young black people is is who we're taking for this scheme. Um, Just you know upskilling them making sure they're ready for the world of work and yeah. and so on and so forth and we work with them and we've done paid internships uh this is the second year of doing that for these young people so sort of five six weeks yeah and it's just yeah. amazing it's just for me it's like a real career highlight and I feel like it's such a it's such a small thing but it makes a difference yeah and it makes me feel better when I go to sleep at night that yeah. I'm doing something yeah. and it's, right? it's it's you're saying it's a small thing but for Small things um, can have such a huge impact on one person's yeah, life. Yeah, and the ripple like, effect yeah. of yeah. that. It's, oh, and yeah, the people sure. around that person, you know, yeah. if they go and have the career that they wouldn't have had and that means that, that they become that role model for other people, you know, it has a real, like, you yeah. know. A, and it is. A, it's it's it a great is, ripple yeah. effect. It mm. is that ripple effect, isn't it? And it's the it's it's opening up the opportunities and starting the conversations and just the fact that it stimulated us to have this conversation on mm. our podcast you know it it's the it's the impact it has on society as a whole isn't it and yeah um, for sure just yeah. whatever you can do within your little sphere of influence right and, yes. I, yeah. and when I when I speak about this I do it's interesting I have had a little amount of what about ism what I call what about ism mm. so oh, that's great that you're doing this for, for this set of people, but what about this underrepresented group of people? Or what yeah. about this marginalised group of people? You do get that sometimes, which is unfortunate. Well, somebody else can go and do that. Yeah, yeah. exactly that's not, that's my not, that's point. That's not relevant to you. Like Exactly I mean. my point. So I'm kind of saying, and I guess this is a difference between equality and equity, right? Mm-hmm. Because equality means like treating everybody the same whereas equity means that you recognize everybody has different circumstances and so you need to give them the resources that bring them up to that point of equity which is why I do this at the point of equality excuse me which is why I'm doing this and so my answer to that is completely recognize that that group of people may may need some extra support you have to identify what that looks like and then you have to go and build it and you have to get sponsors and you have to build relationships and you have to do the work because it's not an easy thing to do well, one person can't all. fix every problem yeah. in the world. like yeah. we can all do our little bit can't we and we can but, only um, do it yeah exactly and it's better to do it through your own lived experiences yeah. like the reason that amy and i started this podcast is because of the problems that we had faced and that's what we like to talk about because mm-hmm. we we've lived the experience but I also mm-hmm. enjoy talking to other people that are doing other interesting things like you're doing. <laughs> and that's yeah. that's how we can all help each other, isn't it? Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So Aisha, you were telling me something when we met the other day about traveling as a black woman. And it kind of blew, not blew my mind, it's not the right word, but it was something I'd never thought about. So tell our listeners about that. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess this is just one of the reasons why I think representation really matters at all levels of business because there are things that not through no no thought of your own you you might not appreciate somebody else's lived experience through yourself so if if the management of a company is is completely uh white you wouldn't understand necessarily what people have gone through one of the things for me is traveling right traveling well black is a a whole thing Mm. because 
for most people, they think, oh, you know, do I need a visa and what's the currency there and blah, blah, blah. But for me and for a lot of black people, one of the things that I always worry about is how are black people treated in that country that I'm going to? And I get to travel yeah. quite a bit for my job. Right. And I remember really I was traveling to um, it was an, I was traveling to Asia at this point. And it was like the week before I was going. And I remember like two black people got mobbed I think they got beaten to death in a, in a market where I to the, in the place I was about to go to. oh my god mm. and obviously I'm scared and I'm panicked yeah yeah and I'm really worried and I'm doing my research and am I going to be anywhere near where that happened and blah 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 and I remember speaking to my manager about it at the time and like his mind was blown as well he's like I just wouldn't even I yeah. wouldn't have even put yeah. the dots together to think yeah you know that 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 would be a worry for you and it's mm. kind of just, just that that needing to bring things to awareness and you know I've traveled to other places where I've literally before going I've been so nervous about it I've had to join I remember joining a, a Facebook group for black people within this country and they were giving me just practical advice like you know um there's an issue with cab drivers picking up black people on the streets in this particular spot make sure you use this app to book your cab in advance before you get there mm. to make sure that you're picked up and not, not left stranded and here's my phone number if you run this is a stranger here's yeah. my phone number if you come here and you get in any trouble call me and I'll try and help you yeah that level of yeah worry yeah before you travel for business is it's it shouldn't be yeah. but it is it's, and it's not yeah. something yeah. so this is actually really useful for people who manage other people to think actually we need to think about this and put things in place to support them because yeah or, you or might open up the conversation yeah. and say yeah. you know yeah what what you know it's fit so that people feel like that they can say that out loud like mm -hmm. this is what's going on for me yeah mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, really useful to sh to share that. Yeah, so I, I just think that's why it's important to have people with different points of views that can bring all that stuff to the table for for a business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now I've realised, Aisha, we got to a point in your career, and we got to Tesco's, and then we didn't talk about how you got <laughs> started, made the leap into <laughs> Mintel. So tell us about that because I think. It is an int I think people are always interested and people always come and talk to me about because I've moved across so many different functions mm -hmm. and I know at Tesco's your role was a bit sort of started to lead into trends and stuff like that was that what yeah. made you kind of move into yeah yeah that was I guess that was the stepping stone so when I went into Tesco my first role there was um grocery innovation manager and that was a new role so it wasn't necessarily a product developer but I kind of sat uh, I wasn't managing the development team at all, but I was doing the the joined up thinking. So I was doing the briefs and setting direction. I put in, at that point, I put in a new MPD process, which wasn't used, you know, at that point. And like one of the things I'm most proud of is that the little MPD process that I put in in that department then got kind of adapted and grown. And that is, that was the blueprint for what was used across the rest of the food business so that's my oh, little amazing. Yeah. yeah that's really really cool so I put in that stage gate processing grocery and then that grew on from there um so I started doing a lot more strategic thinking is what I'm saying at that stage mm -hmm. and not being so busy doing the doing of being yeah. a product developer um and then I went into the food academy at Tesco which was like a little startup like an accelerator yeah, program within the business yeah and that's when things really really took off for me because I was 
looking at insight and foresight and doing workshops and food safaris and looking at food trends and writing the food trend um, book for the business as well mm-hmm. and coming into contact with providers of insight like Mintel right mm-hmm. and I remember them coming in and doing presentations of things that I'd commissioned and I'd look at them going gosh they're so clever and so authoritative and one day when I grow up I hope I could be doing mm-hmm. that sort of thing um and I'm very curious about why things happen like you, you can mm. never just tell me this is this the sky is blue yeah but why Mm-hmm. You know, and that's how it is with with insights. It's like getting underneath the skin of things. Why do consumers act the way they do? And and I wanted to get closer to that. So that I guess is what created that bridge between development for me and then moving into insights. So yeah, I've been at Mintel now for I think five and a half years. And you talk about imposter syndrome. <laughs> you talk about <laughs> imposter syndrome. Mine was massive. Like it it took me ages to convince myself like I managed to convince them that I was an analyst but it took me ages to convince myself that I was an analyst because I think I still to this day see myself like my default setting is I'm a product developer right yeah, yeah. but everything that I've learned along the way ladders up to me being hopefully a, a, you know a good analyst because definitely I bring that, hopefully. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh gosh um, I bring I bring that experience with me I mean I look back I was in preparation for this I was looking back and I was like oh my gosh it was 20 years ago I was at Sainsbury's mm. 20 mm. years ago and and I was there years before that doing my internships yeah. as well yeah, so yeah it's a lot of experience that you, yeah. know, you bring to the table so yeah um so yeah that's how I made that jump and I, I love it because when I speak to retailers or manufacturers or whatever, I hope that means I can speak their language because that's part of my lived experience. So if yeah, I'm saying yeah. something, I'm not just making it up. I've been there. I know what it's like. I know the challenges that you face. Mm-hmm. I yeah. know when you go back to your businesses, I know all of the dream squashes <laughs> that yeah. are going to yeah. kind of say, well, we can't do this because we we tried that in 1984 mm, mm, and it didn't mm. work. well John it's 2023 can we yeah, like move yeah. on you know um so yeah yeah and you said oh, yeah. before that you've got a lot of other things that you want to do in your career and you're so you're you're such an inspiration because you've done so much 20 years is a long time but you have mm. done so much in that 20 years and you've kind of followed your instinct and believed in yourself with imposter syndrome which Amy and I can both totally mm. understand <laughs> yeah but you've um, managed it and you got you've through managed it. it and still so there, what here. what what are the things that you still want to achieve because I'm interested you're clearly very ambitious which is so like infectious well I don't know if I could tell you all my secrets on a public forum <laughs> <laughs> just no, tell I us mean, the general theme yeah no, do you know what right now um I get very I get very scared of not being scared Right. Mm-hmm. So once yeah. I master mm-hmm. something, yeah, yeah, I'm What's like, oh, no, 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 I need a challenge. I need a challenge. Yeah. And I still believe that there's loads of challenges in my current situation that I can go after. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's loads of ways that I can grow at the moment. Um, there's there's loads of strings that I could add to my bow. Let's put it that way. And things yeah. that I would, I would love to learn and get stronger at. But yeah, ultimately, um, I would love to progress in my career. I'm still really really curious I still really really want to understand more about what makes consumers do what they they, they do and then how mm-hmm. does that unlock 
innovation potential to you know game changing yeah. innovation not yeah. just not just a brand like a range extension or a flavor yeah. change like actual stuff that moves the needle for consumers I'm really interested yeah. in getting closer to that sort of stuff mm-hmm. um so yeah you just have to watch this space and then in terms of the stuff with diversity and, and in- inclusion I mean I'm no expert in that space but I'm super passionate about it mm-hmm. so I hope I'm 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 allowed to continue doing what I'm doing I'm hoping yeah. I can grow that program um and just yeah open those doors for more young people because it's so it's so I I feel like sometimes I get more out of it than they do because it's so like affirming when you see so fulfilling yeah like Mm. this year for example one of our our young um, interns one of the young ladies when she came in she thought she might want sort of a career in research and then by the end of the time I watched her grow in confidence she'd rub shoulders with people that are doing exactly what it is she wants to do she knows now Mm. what uni she wants to do and what course and what bit of of Mm. research and analysis that she's really into and it's like gosh you've gone off on your way now and we're a tiny part of your story but hopefully that's a really like important part that helps you say you know what I mean it's giving me me goosebumps because it's like that that impact on people's lives is like humans like the ability to help each other I just think it's Mm. such a special thing and if you can Then if you can yeah and when you get to a certain point in your own career where I don't know about you guys but when I was younger and I'm pretty sure it's the same for everybody regardless of what your ethnicity is like when you're younger you don't want to rock the boat too much and you toe the line and you know fall in but once you get to a certain point in your career where you're established and you're doing okay I think it's really important then to look back and go right how do I make this road that I've traveled yeah. a bit easier for the next person? Definitely. Right. And, yeah. and I, I think I'm in that stage of life right now. Yeah. Um, and do you yeah. know what? I don't think everybody does have that because I hear quite a lot. Well, well, we had to just get on with it. So why, oh, yeah. shouldn't, why shouldn't they just learn the hard <laughs> way? And <clears throat> that is definitely <clears throat> not mine and Lucy's school of thought. It's no. like, let's equip young yeah. people yeah. with the skills. And so they don't have to make the same. We all have to make mistakes. You know, we yeah. learn through experience. But hey, let's give them a leg yeah. up in the first place. And you know, life, why make life, it difficult? Life's difficult enough, isn't it? There's always going to be Gosh. things that, that get thrown in your way anyway. So yeah, um, yeah. And I'm going to challenge that you are not an expert on diversity because I don't really know what an expert on diversity. <laughs> well, do you know, I was just going to say that as well diversity? because um, we had Amy, but Amy Burke. Amy Burke. Yeah, and. She moved into that role. So she's inclusivity manager, program manager, I think, at IGD. And she said the same. Like, she was like, how can I do this? Because, like, I don't know anything. And actually, that she, when she came on and did that episode, it was a real eye-opener for me because it's actually about having um, – asking the right questions and having an open mind mm-hmm. and going out and seeking stuff is what – asking people of uh, from minority groups or you know what wherever actually you become an expert through having those conversations yeah. which you're doing and from your own lived experience and because actually, like you say you've got a million yeah. stories <laughs> that you yeah. can share so oh, I'd bore you, you. It is is it this is a different probably a different episode but Maybe there are no experts on diversity because we haven't been talking about it for long enough. And so, mm. you know, the people that are like trailblazing it now, so to speak, 
and are making sure that it is at the forefront you know mm. are becoming the experts I, I see what you're saying I mean I don't want to discount so I for example we have a diversity manager um, at Mintel who has educated herself so mm-hmm. much and is so knowledgeable and you know I I've done none of that so yes the, there's yeah. a lived experience part of it that I can bring yeah. to the table of, of course but there are people actually educating themselves in this and yeah. there are businesses yeah. investing in people being educated and I think we need to have forward. those experts we, so we, we can't yeah. just can't yeah. Just, all, yeah. because every lived experience is different and actually when it comes to diversity there's lots of different things that you know like I said we're white, white middle class um women but you know i've i've got a chronic illness i've got you know there's other things that make us diverse like everybody is diverse aren't they and it's you know yes you don't want to do a disservice to the experts but what i think lucy's trying to say is stop doing yourself a disservice yeah right (laughs) and you are trailblazing because the difference is you're making you're doing something and you're making a difference yeah yeah. yeah, I think that's the thing, doing something like I, I, I don't have much energy for talking. She comes on a podcast to say she doesn't like talking about it. But <laughs> yeah, like, nobody's buying that. Nobody's buying that. <laughs> but you know, I mean, like I don't, the talking about it, talking about it and just you don't amazing. I, I'm yeah, not into yeah. that. I'm not into, yeah. I mean, I understand the need for the diversity training and, and all of that stuff. I really understand that it has its place. But for me to feel useful, I need to see like a tangible yeah result yeah. Like these are the people that we helped yeah. this year and then next yeah. year we'll do and that again that's, and it's that's actually, me personally yeah but yeah. I actually think it's all of that all of those things in combination is what is going to make the difference in the end isn't it it's the mm-hmm. the the educational pieces it's the action yep. that's being taken and you know I'm I've, I've had the privilege of working with um someone that's on the Thrive program at Sainsbury's and that's mm, given me yes, a, a, yeah. another insight as well which has been such um an interesting eye-opening experience as well yeah um, and it's I just think it's brilliant that these things are, are, are happening in mm-hmm, the industry mm-hmm. and I feel proud and privileged to be in the food industry when this is happening and mm. um yeah brilliant brilliant thing that you're doing at, at Mintel and brilliant that they've as you said that they've supported you with it yeah they've been great they've been great Aisha thank you so much for coming and talking to us today it's like been a such an amazing conversation and I like definitely want you to be my bestie now no like <laughs> <laughs> we're best friends forever now you're not gonna be able to get rid of me <laughs> it's so funny Uh, we we were we were talking to somebody else oh we were talking to Flo our editor and uh, we were like it's so funny how we just like all of a sudden you just meet people don't you and you're just like yeah Yeah. That's my girl. I knew, That's I knew, I knew she'd love you. you. I knew she'd love you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you for making this like a comfortable experience for oh. me. Oh, it's and, pleasure. Um, if people want to get in touch with you, you're on LinkedIn, aren't you? Is that the best place I'm to get in touch LinkedIn, with you? I'm on LinkedIn, yeah. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, Aisha Queen. Can you find me? Um, I have like a foodie-ish Instagram, but it's not it's not the most professional Instagram. Oh, I love your Come on, imposter syndrome. I love your Instagram. There's, no, there's nothing there that is like, oh, oh, go have a look. Anyway, what's what's the, um, what's your... Um... It's actually um, at yish, yishko underscore eats. <laughs> so it's like very foodie. So yeah, yishko, Y-I-S-H-O underscore eats. Yeah. 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 Make sense? Was that a word? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Tell you what, we'll, like put a link, we'll put a link in the Something show notes. Like that. That'll be yeah. easy for people to get to. <laughs> like that, but yeah, LinkedIn is the best place to find me for sure. That's where I pretend to be professional. <laughs> <laughs> cool. 
thank Thanks you so, so much. much Aisha. Thank you, ladies. And uh, we'll uh, see you we'll all next, see you time. next time. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that this has been useful to you. As ever, we would love it if you could rate and review the podcast on your podcast app. It really does help us reach and support more foodies out there. We'd also love it if you'd come and join us in the Facebook group, the Over Food Sake community. And if you want to get in touch with us personally, Lucy is available for consultancy advice and training and can be found on LinkedIn as Lucy Wager. And if you want to reach out to Amy for any one-to-one coaching, group facilitation or training, then contact her on LinkedIn at Amy Wilkinson Coach. Thanks for listening and see you next time. See you next time. This podcast is sponsored by Damer Ingredients, who provide best-in-class functional ingredients such as starches, proteins, fibres and gums, to name but a few, into food manufacturers across the UK and Ireland. I've worked with Damer on various projects for my own brand and with my clients. And what I love about working with them is their in-depth technical knowledge and their ability to apply that to the specific products that you're actually working on. So they become an extension to your own development team, supporting them with their knowledge from concept through to launch. To find out more, visit www.dama.com.